what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 116 or 17th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, joining you uh, once again. Uh, it is today here, Wednesday, so a little bit early in the week, but uh, there are good things to talk about. Your Toronto Blue Jays um, are, are almost there. The never-ending quest for the 500-ish baseball team to reach 500. Uh, it's going to be a summer-long saga, and I know that we're all all super excited about it. Uh, joining me to to break down this uh, most meaningful of, of feats, the, the search for 500. Uh, joining me, as always, Old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm well. Uh... I'm better than your memory of what number podcast we're on, though, because this is 119. It's number 119. 119, really? Yeah. I, I have a, I, my numbering um, convention is just the number of the rundowns that I use, and uh, it's all messed up. So I've just been filling in the blanks and assuming that I'm getting closer to the actual number. Turns out I'm wrong. 119. Indeed. That means the next one is 120. That's cool. Yeah, sure. We've been doing, we've done 119 <laughs> of these uh, podcasts about your Toronto Blue Jays, uh, and if you if this is your first time hearing us, welcome. Uh, we we welcome you, and we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do like what you hear, you can head over to iTunes and and subscribe, uh, at, or offer us a rating or review. And the other uh, thing that we talk to people at this point, or sometimes later, but we always do, is uh, is asking people to come and. Uh, Become a Patreon sponsor. Keep the podcast going. Keep us living in the style to which we've grown accustomed. Uh, they, we have uh, throngs, throngs of people have done so over the past 119 or so episodes. And for each and every one of them, we're incredibly grateful. Uh, so if you wanted to find out what it's all about, find out about some of the, the levels and the rewards and all the stuff that we've got going on, go, to, go over to patreon.com slash all day and you can do that. Now, with all that out of the way. We got to talk about the big, the big news. I joked about the Blue Jays' ever uh, futile pursuit of the 500 record. They would be the fifth team in the division if they reached that five out of five. Uh, but the big news—I think the really big news—is something that's really almost like rocking Blue Jays' world—is the batting order. You can't talk enough about the batting order. What it means—not only that, what it means on the field, but what it means in the minds, between the ears. Of all 25 um, guys in the clubhouse, the manager, the general manager, the guy with the standing desk, all those people, all day long, thinking about the batting order. Um, and I think it's time that you and I, we threw our hats in the ring. Sure. Optimize the Blue Jays' batting order. Woo. So, uh, yeah, this is scintillating radio. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the big thing was that Kevin Pillar, who has been the bleed-off hitter, is not, at the best of times, well-suited to that role. And as a streaky hitter as Kevin Pillar is... Uh, these are not the best of times. So he's out. Jose Bautista is in as the leadoff hitter. So, hooray, off you go. I think that's probably the right decision. I mean, people were starting to really lose their minds about the Pilar uh, leading off thing. Uh, even though it, it was mostly it was mostly over like, the play that uh, where he came in and the ball went over his head last night, which is not the first time that's happened this season. Uh, and then also the bat in the seventh inning with the bases loaded where, uh, I say last night, meaning, of course, Tuesday night, uh, where he just looked like vintage and not in a good way, Kevin Pillar, just flailing at, uh, at pitches three feet off the plate and, and you know, he swung at, a, at an 0-2 breaking ball that was just way outside and really, really, really broke a lot of minds when he did that. Um, because obviously hitting, uh, hitting big league pitching is easy and, and when... When you're up 2-0, you think you see the fastball coming. You probably shouldn't try to give it a good fucking smack. You should you should be aware that Twitter assholes are out there uh, waiting to <laughs> chirp you about you know why you swung at a pitch that ended up you know diving off the plate. I I think it's frustrating if you're a Blue Jays fan and you're watching Kevin Pillar because it it felt like he had maybe made some strides and had improved some of that that uh, that selectivity at the plate. Um, and when you see him failing to make plays that, of course, are not routine, that hard line drive that's almost slicing a little bit, that's right at the center fielder, is one of the toughest plays for them to make. Um, it's, it's especially difficult to tell just how hard the ball is hit when it's hit right on the button like that. Um, but nonetheless, Kevin Pollard is in 
there because of his glove. He is a fielding defense first player. He's a nice base runner as well. Um, but when he's if he's not pulling his weight um, on those few chances that he has to differentiate himself from anybody else who can who is is a viable center fielder, and he's not hitting, then you really start to get back to like the what the heck are we doing here with this player who's good at really good at one thing, but then maybe again maybe he's not. Um, the bat at bats, I think that's just kind of who he is. At the end of the day, he was kind of ill-suited. Uh, he has always been ill-suited as a, as a leadoff hitter, other than his ability to run the bases and swipe a bag here and there. But uh, I do think, and, I, and you, you wrote something I thought that was interesting about this, was about um, the, not necessarily the, the, the nature of the lineup changes. I mean, we've seen this happen many times over the past, well, here in the second um, stint with John Gibbons at the helm of the Toronto Blue Jays, mm-hmm. where... Jose Bautista will lead off or Josh Donaldson will lead off. But I think the context of these changes is interesting. It comes on the heels of some um, delightfully frank talk from Josh Donaldson about, you know, his idea of what they should do with the batting order. Uh, you, you, what, can you summarize this a little bit for us? Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he, uh, I pulled it from a piece, I think, from Steve Buffery from The Sun. I forget. Uh, I'm... I, I don't know if he was talking to more reporters than just him or if I should give Steve credit, but whatever. I, he he basically said, you know, that Morales isn't a big on-base on guy, that Bautista normally is, but he isn't giving it to you right now, and, and was looking at... He was speaking about Justin Smoke and saying, you know, he's going to hit a lot of solo home runs if uh, if he doesn't have guys in front of him who can get on base. And so he, Donaldson was saying that the team and the players and, and the coaches as well, I believe... Uh, you know, I've been talking about this and, and trying to figure out a way to to, uh, to optimize the lineup, basically. Uh, what I liked about it was that what went unsaid from Donaldson was, you know, that he was in the exact same situation with Kevin Pillar, like, hitting fucking nothing for the last month in front of him. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Donaldson, was he was tactful enough to, to, <laughs> to throw Bautista and Morales under the bus. But I don't, think he, I don't think he even really did that. I think he, you know, he said... I, the Morales maybe took the worst of it because he said that Bautista is usually a really good on-base guy and just isn't right now, which is completely true, uh, even though that's sort of like jarring to us because athletes never say anything that's you know, remotely interesting, basically. Um, and then said that Morales, he doesn't think that he was ever a huge on-base guy either, which is which is basically true as well. So, you know, I, I yeah, like you say, it was a, it was a great moment of frankness that uh, that we probably could use a bit more of. And it seems to have... Uh, if not spurred these changes, at least uh, given us a window into the fact that, yes, the people in the clubhouse are actually thinking about this sort of stuff, which I think gets lost to people a lot of the time when, you know, John Gibbons is slow to uh, to make these kinds of moves. I know that, that these kinds of gripes happen all the time. I remember, you know, myself getting on board eventually as well, like trying to be as patient as possible with, with Gibbons last October, last or late last September with uh, with Russell Martin, who just sort of went completely in the in the fucking shitter, uh, and Gibbons refused to move him down in the lineup, and eventually, you know, ultimately conceded and did that. Uh, and it ta- it takes people a really you know it takes him a longer time than I think a lot of fans uh, would appreciate, and that uh, and he gets shit on for that as though he's not you know he's as though his inactivity means he isn't even thinking about it, which obviously is not true. I, I I was like you. I was encouraged uh, and and heartened to see honesty and some frankness in a in a interview situation like that. Um, I also think that for for Josh Donaldson to be out speaking of it publicly to me means that the the decision was already made. That that I I think I heard uh, it might have been Tabby or somebody talking about it today. That that there have been a lot of discussions in the in the team. Was saying like, what are we going to do? How can we optimize the lineup? Like you said, and and that if they've had these discussions, and then he was he felt comfortable going forward um, with something that they had decided as a group, and that they have again were having they were being honest and just trying to think about what's best for the team, as opposed to Josh Donaldson griping or airing dirty laundry yes. to Steve fucking Buffery of all people <laughs> in the world. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think I mean Jose Bautista doesn't Jose Bautista right now looks a lot like Jose Bautista in April to me, where he still has Jose Bautista quality at bats. He still sees five or six pitches, seems like, every time he comes up. Every Jose Bautista at bat 
seems to end in a full count. But he doesn't look right. No, he doesn't. I, I mean, I don't know if it's as bad as April where it was like he, he just kept guessing wrong constantly. You know, he'd get hit pitches mm-hmm. to hit and not swing and, and would would just swing at trash. But uh, but yeah, it's it, it, and, and even further to that, you know, he, he's just... And clearly the power numbers are declining. Like, I think that's why he is an ideal fit for the the top of the the order if you're gonna you know if you're gonna have to pick somebody from this group of blue jay hitters uh you know there are other options i guess they could have gone with but yeah he's still you know he still has the eye at the plate uh i think john gibbons uh is right and this is something that i've re- I said about the polar thing as well you know he he has to have some sort of measure of loyalty to him i think i mean polar really carried the team in in April and or late April and early May when they were trying to bounce back from that awful start that they had and was really really good offensively and and, and that did buy him a lot of rope it was just you know he's been so bad for so long that that, that rope ran out and, and Bautista is obviously on sort of a different scale uh you know the loyalty comes from what he did two and three years ago so I, I think that rope is probably probably should be shorter at this point but he did have a pretty nice May and and uh and and like you say, the, the at-bats always end up in, in full counts. Like, he sees it well. Uh, he still takes his walks, maybe not as much as he used to, but uh, uh, but just isn't the same threat that he was, you know, at his peak. Uh, so a lot of what, it, you know, it's boiled down to is what, what he's become as an on-base guy. So, sure, throw him at the top of the lineup. Let's let's see him see him running around on those bases like a madman. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quite all right with that, especially since who the fuck else is going to do it? I like. I, I think you touched on something that's important, which is John Gibbons has a measure of loyalty and and, uh, and dedication to Kevin Pillar uh, right up until the minute that Josh Donaldson and Russell Martin show up at his office door, being like, "Get him the fuck out of the <laughs> spot!" Like that's we're done with this. And then he's like, "Yep, yeah, sure thing, fellas. Let's we'll make that change right away." I'm okay uh, with that because those are the kind of veterans you're going to listen to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. they feel empowered and emboldened, they can go in and maybe say okay we got to make get this done and we know that they'll say all the right things like we know he'll be back up there again when he's when he's right but uh you, you know about the Bautista thing he Bautista uh, and Donaldson also talked about the about balking and about pitchers there was a lot of stuff about deception recently uh talking about how he and Jose Bautista they all the opposing pitchers seem to really work hard to try to uh, mess with their timing uh and Bautista got quick pitched tonight by Ernesto Frieri of all people he, he quick he quick pitched him with two strikes and Bautista stared at strike three a fastball in the outside corner. Um, it, it definitely you, you know as you mentioned kind of guessing something that you and I have spoken about before here on the, on this this show but uh, it definitely feels like that's what he's he's in that situation again where he's he's hunting uh, he's there he's almost like they're pitching him in reverse but then he's sitting on them back pitching him backwards so then he's getting fastballs and fastball counts and he, I don't know he's not ready yet. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. He does not look. He does not look as as he should. But he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I think he's, you know, if if we see him, I don't think he's. It doesn't feel like he's striking out quite as as, as he was before. And he's not flailing, even though mm-hmm. his, I was looking at his numbers and his, the the thing with Bautista is his contact rate is way down. Right, his contact rate is way down. His swinging strikes are up, but not nearly. At, I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's just. He is uh, just not putting the ball in play quite like he used to, and he's a guy who is obviously always always going to hit the ball hard. So he just needs to see if he can put it in play a little bit more often. But uh, and the rest of it, I mean, I, I like that Josh Johnson is 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 confident and enthusiastic about Justin Smoke's ability to <laughs> remain Eddie Murray more so than Justin Smoke. I'm not in any hurry to move Justin Smoke up in the lineup uh, because there is always that. Justin Smoke reality seemingly lurking around the corner. Not that I don't believe in him, but he's still Justin Smoke in my well, mind. Well, and, and we have the parallel with Kevin Pillar, right? I mean, those were the two guys for a while there who were like, oh, look, they they changed their approach. They, they've started laying off pitches. Oh, what a what a novel mm-hmm. concept. And, and uh, you know, I mean, one has been a little bit different than the other. I mean, Smoke seems to, uh, to have just stopped selling out for power, basically, I guess. Like, he... Uh, uh, He's not trying to hit the ball as hard as humanly possible every time he swings, and, and therefore has seemed to <laughs> seem to have been making better contact as a as a result. Whereas Pilar was just like, "Oh, I'm just not gonna lay, I'm not gonna swing at those pitches anymore," which is easier said than done, and and uh, clearly that's kind of gone sideways on him. But uh, 
but yeah, it's always it, it's always or it has has been for me as Polar has sort of turned into a pumpkin. Uh, the parallel between him and Smoke, where it's like, yeah, I'm not sure how ready I am to believe in Smoke. And and uh, the other parallel just got released by the Phillies this week too, right? Like uh, guy, Michael Saunders, who had a uh, a really great first half last year, and then was just complete complete garbage. So uh, I get I get where you're coming from, where for on maybe not being ready so quickly to buy in on Smoke, but I don't know. Ride, ride him while you, get, while you have it. Yeah. Who was the uh... exactly and happily yeah. accepting any and all production he's he's willing to offer and and and, and I think again it's not necessarily accurate. It, he looks better to me. He looks like a different hitter. Mm-hmm. He, lo- he 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 seems like he might be seeing the ball a little bit better for however or whatever reason. But there's so much of that is colored by his results that I'm not a scout. But I'm like, hey, he spit on a couple good breaking balls there. I mean, he, he I think he had two hits again tonight or something. I don't know. He's uh, he's doing it. Um, you mentioned Michael Saunders um, because there were some who would have had the Blue Jays sign Michael Saunders and not Jose Bautista. Uh, which would have been uh, very bad, very very <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. Over the past year, Michael Saunders has uh, mostly. I say this to say to kind of hopefully uh, what we're going to talk about next is the left field situation a little bit more. Uh, last week we talked a lot about second base. This week we can kind of look at left field, uh, given some of the things that happened in tonight and Wednesday night's game. Uh, but Michael Saunders is not the answer. Michael Saunders has been the worst regular player in baseball over the last calendar year. Uh, he was bad for the second half of the Blue Jays, and everyone remembers. And we, you and I talked about it a lot. That, like they weren't even putting him in for defense. They were the Blue Jays were more confident with Jose Bautista, who looked like shit last year in the outfield. <laughs> they yeah. were more confident with him out there than they were at Saunders at any point when games really matter. And then they wanted nothing to do with it. Not that they wanted nothing to do with him, but the Phillies signed him. They took a little flyer, like maybe he'll be good. We can trade him, whatever. Doing Phillies things. The Phillies are the worst team in baseball. And they they don't even have time for him. He uh, I hope that I hope he is healthy, and I hope that he maybe can have another shot. But he's not the solution in left field. He is just not in a good place uh, with his game for the last year and 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 year plus. So uh, thank you for everything, Michael Saunders. You are a, a loyal soldier to Canadian baseball. All star. You're not good. Yeah. An all star. Yeah. You can't <laughs> take that away from him or Steve fucking Delabar. Uh, <laughs> but the left field thing is a thing. All right. Uh, there was a situation tonight where Steve Pierce, um, who gamely and 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 you like to see it, and, and I'm not, I don't want to be critical of Steve Pierce uh, because he crashed into the wall in left field on a on a Joey Gallo ball that just sort of kept carrying and carrying. Joey Gallo hit the ball way out to left field, and uh, and Pierce hit the ball hard and fell down, and it was an inside the park home run because no, you know he was out there in no man's land and. Uh, I believe amazing... it was referred to as an infield home run, actually, by, oh, by poor, poor Matt, Matt Devlin. Devlin. Why, yeah. why, why are you going to drag Matt I'm Devlin? Sorry. Like that? I, I kind of, I like Matt Devlin. I mean, you know, for what he is, God love him. I, I don't mind him doing the Raptors games, and and uh, when he comes in and does his thing, it's you know, it's a nice change of pace. I find, but tonight was not was not one for the highlight reel. Uh, it's not going in uh, on Matt Devlin's baseball resume. Uh, I, I like him too. I think he's a real pro, and and he that's why I like him on the Raptors. I mean, uh, for the most part, <laughs> unless, was, you, unless you, sh- there was also mm-hmm. one where I, it may have been Pierce. So, somebody, somebody like hit a flare to left field, and Devlin's just like, oh, drives it to the gap as the as the left fielder like cir- lazily circles around to pick up a ground ball. <laughs> You know, he had a he had a real hard time with that infield uh, inside the park home run. He did. He called it by about four different names. <laughs> but I like him. I like him because he's a pro, and and I like him much better than like Chuck Swirsky, who was the former voice of the Raptors. I did not was not enthusiastic about Swirsky's gimmicky gimmick heavy uh, uh, shtick. Uh, and, and and I like I like Devlin because he's a pro. And he can come in. He can step in and do do baseball. He's not. He, I mean, they always love to talk about his bona fides whenever they put him behind the mic. Like, oh, you used to call him minor league baseball, didn't yeah. you? And he's like, heck yeah, I did for years and years. Um, and he, so he's fine. Saw a lot he's of saw he a lot had, of infield home runs doing the minor league work, I guess. Yeah, he had a flub too. He had a flub, <laughs> but so did Steve Pierce. And, and Steve Pierce, gamely out there playing left field, doing his best, crashing into walls, trying to make plays, uh, trying to contribute. He had a, he had a couple. I think he had three hits tonight before. Um, but for me. Like he—he's not a left fielder. He does not look good out there ever. No. He does not look comfortable. He doesn't look 
spry. Uh, I don't think he has a strong throwing arm because I guess that was the whole thing. It was his arm was all jacked up in the, in the spring. Um, uh, like we just talked about Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke is playing so well that Justin Smoke has essentially taken away a lot of what should be Steve Pierce's playing time. I don't think that Steve Pierce is the kind of guy that you are desperately searching to give plate appearances to. That's just just me. I feel like his inability to play a position on this team makes him a bit of a extra guy. Unfortunately, there isn't anyone to play left field, but I would be happy if Steve Pierce was not an everyday player. I don't know. Maybe I'm go- maybe I'm overreacting. Um and maybe I'm selling his offensive capabilities short, but to me the, he, there's so much that he takes away um in the field, especially in left field that I don't think that it's it's worth the risk. I really think that an upgrade in left field is is beyond necessary at this point. Uh, I I can't deny that an upgrade in left field is necessary. I mean, that's something that they, you know, on their list for the trade deadline, if they're going to be buyers, that's absolutely a place that they should look. Maybe they can move Steve Pierce for something. Uh, I, I don't, you know, he does look awful, but I don't know how much he's killing you relative, especially to the other options that you have. I mean, Dwight Smith looks fine out there. Like, <laughs> I think he, I think he played like what? eight games at Setterfield since 2014 or something like that. Some ridiculously low number, mm. like he barely played it. And, and eh, they won the game tonight. He, he made a catch or two. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a total adventure out there. Um, and, you know, so he could be fine in left field and, and you can see, you know, what he has with the bat. And, and I think, you know, Pierce has some nice numbers and that was what we talked about a lot in the off season. And, and you know, the quality of contact is good, but partly that's because he was shielded against, uh, some of the the best right-handed pitching, uh, or in fact maybe all right-handed pitching, because he's just more of a lefty masher than anything else. And and I, I can I could definitely deal with him as you know the left-handed the left side of a platoon. Uh, but yeah, I, I think playing him out there every day is probably going to become more trouble than it's worth. I, I'm not sure that I'm so uh, so down on his defense or and his bat in combination that I, I think it's not worth even trying him out there like I, I think that he'll give you bad defense but will probably hit enough to make that okay uh but i'm not i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna push back too hard if you're if you're saying you think the opposite because yeah i mean it's not been good maybe i'm again maybe i'm overreacting to what i saw tonight but also um maybe that's if there's a bit of fatalism in that so he banged his knee and he had to come out of the game so when you're putting him out of position, you're putting him in a position where he is not uh, necessarily comfortable or especially capable, and now he's hurt himself. So instead of having to find him playing time, potentially now you have lost him because you have been running him out there in left field where he doesn't necessarily belong, and and you're playing in a ballpark that has you know fly balls. The the wind is is notorious. The jet stream or whatever that they have out in in Texas, the ball's twisting around and. There he is crashing into the wall. I mean, it's a fluke thing, so it's easy for me to say that there's a connection there. But I don't know. He just doesn't. I don't know. He's he's a uh, he's a part time. Like I don't know. I can't get over the fact that he's a part time player and he's being thrust into a full time role out of position. And I think it just kind of sucks. Uh, but for right now, there's nothing else to do. There's you know, everyone's always looking for who are going to be the, who's the left fielder who's the left field target who are the guys they're going to go after and then all the names are the same names as always it's well it's going to be Andrew they're going to maybe go for an Andrew McCutcheon type or um you know I was on the athletic podcast it's called the fifth deck with Blake Murphy I was on it just uh, just yesterday and I believe or maybe it was you and I I don't know we were talking about going after some of the Dodgers depth to see if you can pry mm-hmm. somebody away from them because they have a lot of really viable fourth outfielder guys and I think the Blue Jays um, without Ezekiel Carrera, amazingly, this is where we are. We're longing <laughs> for the so days of Zeke. weird, yeah. I don't know how many times I've like shoveled dirt onto the presumed grave of Zeke Carrera, only to have him wriggle away and become scra- scraping back onto the onto the ground. Uh, and now I I would give almost anything to have him out there. Yeah. What a sad state of affairs. His weighted runs created plus is like 109 or something stupid like that. Like he, he he's been doing it with the bat, and he you know he feels like an adventure out there and left, which is uh, which is a joke compared to what Pearson feels like. But uh, yeah, he can he can hold down that position fine. It is a shame that uh, that they don't have him at the moment. But yeah, and that's I mean that's the thing that makes Pierce viable because is you know I mean other than Smith, who is the a, a complete unknown. 
at this point still, though he, you know, he's looked fine. He's looked better than fine basically since, uh, uh, since he's been up. I mean, it, you just, you can't tell anything from that small a sample, but, uh, but beyond that, like they, they barely have a center fielder after Pilar, right? I mean, they don't really have a, they don't have a center fielder after Pilar, not even in the system with Pompey hurt and Alfred hurt. And where, you know, where are you going to go next, uh, to bring up a, a fourth outfielder? It's, uh, it's a strange situation they're in when they, you know, they they had Darwin Barney out there for fuck's sakes. Uh, should be not a difficult position to fill, but, but yeah, it's been a bit of a mess. They got a, I, I don't know that the, the, I mean, I think the McCutcheon thing is a pipe dream and I think it's not a particularly good one. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's probably guys out there who they're trying to target and, and presumably, I mean, not to give them too much credit, but you know, I, there, there are ways that they could be clever about, about it maybe bring in a guy for this year and next year and and think about it that way a little bit i mean i think it's still a little too early to be penciling an anthony alford in and i don't think you really feel like dwight smith is a full-time you know everyday player going forward and pompey who the hell knows he would it would be nice to see him stay on the field before you can make an assessment there so yeah i I don't know but it's it's tough to watch but 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 it's tough to watch (laughs) i mean fuck What's up, fam? You know, baseball season is around the corner, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every Blue Jays game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing like seeing the best plays of the year in person. We've all been down to the games. It's uh, it's an incredible experience. With the Blue Jays, when they're great, uh, you want to be there. You want to be there in person. You want to be in the stands. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You know, I have the app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I could be anywhere, just a few taps, I got my tickets to the game. It's uh, it's a tremendous thing, and it's not just the Blue Jays game. You know, you could go to Leafs games, you can go to concerts, comedy events, theater tickets, all sorts of stuff is on, t- on SeatGeek. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop SeatGeek tickets with confidence. Uh, and it'll just give you the most bang for your buck, plus... Listeners to Birds All Day, just like last year, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. When you do that, you enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, BIRDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. For real, $20. Holy shit. Do that shit. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. It certainly is tough to watch. I don't think anyone's going to uh, going to argue that point. But uh, obviously, you know, the, there are a variety of things. You know what? How's this for a name? How's this for a name? I'm going to throw it out at sure. you. Uh, for as you said, maybe for for this year and for next year. Uh, how about uh, Hunter Pence? Hunter Pence is a free agent at the end of 2018. Hunter Pence plays right field for the Giants. I don't know if you knew that or not. I do. Yeah. He has, uh, he has been a very good player for for his entire career uh, up until this year. Uh, right now, he's bad. Uh, <laughs> but well, as, as most of the Giants are, I believe. I would say all of the Giants, other than Buster <laughs> Posey, are like abysmal. They are a fucking train wreck right now. Uh, and, and part of that, you, know, you, could put, you could lay that at, at Pence's feet. But uh, I, I really like Hunter Pence. I think he's a really good player, and, and I mean he makes eighteen and a half million dollars next year, so it might be a non-starter. But also maybe the Giants are willing to pay him to go away, um, which is always what you want when you're trying to rush to the playoffs. Is take somebody <laughs> else. Just, give, give me give me all the white Melvin Upton you got. Like just send it right over here. Give me. <laughs> I mean, I I would li- I I don't have his numbers in front of me. I would like to believe that you can get more out of Hunter Pence than the Jays got out of Melvin Upton. But yeah, I mean that would obviously have to be a sort of similar deal, right? Where you uh mm-hmm. where you get them to pay something and then and then you do give I well, I don't know if the Jays gave up anything of consequence for for Upton. You might have to for Pence. Uh I'm all, I'm just all for that fucking gawky weirdo. That's the, that that's the angle that I like on it. He still he still does all those weird things that he's always done. He is uh you know, he's just that odd. He's great. <laughs> um he also is the kind of guy who like will skateboard to the ballpark or ride a, one of those electric motor scooters uh, which the Jays have all done. The Jays have all been been through that. Um, 
I, I also, at the same time, I'm watching over my shoulder. I got the A's and Astros on. So there's a part of me that thinks, like, you know what? Maybe don't bother this year. Like, just just forget <laughs> it. Like, why? You're just wasting everybody's time. Like, every, Houston is wasting everyone's time if anyone else thinks that they are, have a good chance of coming out of the American League because that team is phenomenal. It is crazy how good they are. It makes me wish for death every moment. Yeah. But... Uh, the Houston Astros are really, 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 really good. Let's not forget that the Royals came out of the AL a couple years in a row. So, yeah, yeah, the be- they beat the best team one year. They to for get sure to the as fuck did. Yeah, that's yeah, that's always a good point. I mean, the, yeah, I the there the difference is probably you know playing for the playing for the second wild card or for the division, right? I mean, if yeah. you're which is where Jays fans have got themselves too, basically is I. Oh, you know, we're a game back of the second wild card, which two teams are tied for, and there's also six teams tied with us, and like three more a game behind, uh, which is you could be in way worse positions. Uh, but then when you start looking up the standings at the actual, you know, division leaders, it, it's a it's a bit more difficult, and and to to start talking about moving assets and taking on money or to, or doing anything like that to uh, to go after a wild card play in game, perhaps even on the road. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's worth, I don't know how much that's worth to be honest. It's an interesting question. I, I mean, you, it's a coin flip game to get into the playoffs, which is lucrative obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but how much do you give up in pursuit of that? It's a, it's, it's a really, it's a tough question that the, that the team is going to have to answer. And then the answer is almost inevitably, going to be unsatisfactory to to the fans uh basically anything except what the the team did in 2015 is going to be un- unsatisfactory for the fans because we all know you know what rogers makes what the ratings are all that shit which we don't need to go over that ever addictive playoff money um if the blue jays do make it to the postseason this year i think it will be in no small part credit to the bullpen and the fact that they haven't made the, you know they made two signings in the offseason last year for the bullpen one of which has been a total disaster one of which has been a minor revelation but the core of the bullpen was already there and as what as, as it tends to happen especially when you have a guy, very good guy at the back of the bullpen the very back uh you end up with a pretty good squad, a pretty good uh, uh, staff back there. And it feels to me like the bullpen over the last... Well, I mean, it, it feels to me because it's, re, it's reality. The bullpen has been amazing. And I, and I think we should take a few minutes just to, t- just to sort of uh, take a quick look because we, we spend so much time complaining instead of talking about like what's worked. And, and I, for me, it begins and ends with Ryan Tapera, who's been so bonkers good. Um, he, again, he looks like a, a totally different guy. Really aggressive. He mowed down uh, some good hitters, the, the few that the shit-ass Rangers have. But uh, uh, Ryan DePere looked great. And Danny Barnes, everyone seems to really like him. Danny Barnes is like the relief pitching Marco Estrada, right? Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> sure. Uh, like, it's just like change-ups whenever and a lot of them, like pinpoint command. But uh, the, I don't know. The bullpen's really good. Like I, I don't have any. Obviously, you can always layer more and more arms in there if you have that opportunity. But uh, I, I think that the bullpen actually has probably been a little bit underrated um, in the last little while, even the last like month or so. Um, just in the ability to to take where what has been a pretty rough starting rotation, and uh, and hold the pitching staff together. Yeah, I think I. I'll probably quote this wrong, but I was looking at it the other day for a post I was writing, and and in both June and in the season overall, they're top ten in baseball among bullpens by like win probability added by uh, mm-hmm. ERA and by uh, wins above replacement, which are you know maybe not the not the not the measures that uh, that you would perhaps use for uh, uh, for relievers, but but measures that nonetheless I'd say that the bullpen's pretty, been pretty damn good. As does the eye test, because yeah, like Barnes has looked good. Tapera had that uh, the scoreless inning streak. I don't know if he's even still on the scoring, scoreless inning streak. I don't fucking hear about it every goddamn time he pitches. So, uh, so perhaps he is not. 
but uh, perhaps I've just tuned that out. Well, and yeah, no, I mean, even even the Dominic Leones and the Leonel Leonel Camposes and the and the guys who have you know the way that they've used the Taxi Squad in Buffalo and the guys who have come up and down, they haven't been you know had their asses handed to them either, really. Uh, Jason Grilly has been a bit of a a bit of a thing. We we did not see him get his release following uh, following the big barbecue apron thing, proving yet again. That uh, that the I do I do think that they he didn't pitch for a while, so I think they actually took a lot of the, the advice of a lot of fans and people on Twitter was, and they did set, shoot him into the sun, they shot him <laughs> into space, and he did like a full trip around the moon and then came back and was like, I'm cool, I'm good to go now. I was I'm a fucking astronaut, it, uh, and it's they possible. used him in like a hmm, sorry. Oh yeah, that's possible, but they did they did not they were not waiting to DFA him. For after the uh, play, you know playing a reliever short for two weeks, waiting, waiting for the DFM, waiting balls. for the uh, the uh, barbecue apron giveaway on Father's Day, I had people saying that at me. Oh, I think they're good. That I, was a conspiracy. Yeah, or just like oh, I'm being really cynical, but I think I wonder if they're just doing this. And it's like they, I, I've said this multiple times, but they you know summarily fire every single one in the front office if they play a, with a 24 man roster for two weeks because of a fucking barbecue apron. I mean that was that we hear absurd things and things that are half joking, but that that one that one really pissed me off because that's especially absurd. It's just no, they don't do that. They even uh, Monday night, Gibbons put uh, Grilly in the game with a they were down a run, but I was not happy at all. <laughs> but that's true. And he pitched fine. Uh, I'm looking at the I'm on Fangraphs right now. I'm looking at over the last month. Uh, the Jays have essentially the second best bullpen in baseball over the the past month, and and they're ahead, they're behind uh, the Red Sox, who uh, all the Red Sox numbers are juiced because uh, Craig Kimbrell breaks all of the models mm. uh, the way that he's pitching right now. But uh, but yeah, like the Jays have had twenty nine shutdowns and only nine meltdowns. If you want to use those, that's a swing of six percent in um, in win pro- or in run win expectancy. Uh, either way, if you lower it by six percent you get a meltdown if you raise it by six percent you get a shutdown uh but they've been great again we probably added all those sorts of numbers uh it 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 shows that that you know gibbons has got his guys and he's kind of got guys figured out where they are and uh, what's the name jeff beliveau yeah uh, is giving them some decent innings i mean i don't know that he's obtained uh, i think they still would like to have a more straight up lockdown (laughs) lefty a guy they could say here go in and get you know, whoever, uh, who's, I don't know. It would have been hitter. David Ortiz every year until this year. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the David Ortiz stopper type of guy. Uh, who is a good left-handed Logan Morrison? You got to have the guy that you got to go in and get Lomo out uh, in a big game. Uh, who, who is anybody left-handed anymore? The Yankees are all right-handed judge and Sanchez and holiday and all the oh, Brett Gardner. You're going to use your Andrew Miller type. I don't know. Maybe they don't need a guy. Never mind. There you Shut go. up. We're fine. You yeah. fuck that. You don't need those guys. You got Jeff Goddamn Beliveau. He's the dad. He's got ten Stanley Cup rings. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's been really encouraging, and that's also encouraging because we at the beginning were like, ah, it'll be fine, and uh, it's fine. So listen to us. Yeah, that's right. We we, we know we, we know we didn't we didn't shit on Justin Smoke all winter like literally everybody else. Well, yeah, because he's Justin Smoke. Yeah, like oh yeah, this this enormous corn-fed mule is going to figure out after five thousand career plate appearances. Just like oh, I shouldn't swing at the ones that are spinning. Okay, I'll just take that into consideration. <laughs> um, real quick, we'll talk about um the prospects. There was the the Midwest League game all uh, Midwest League All Star game was just this week, mm-hmm. uh, which meant means that everyone got to look at uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. Uh, Alexis Bernicki had some awesome footage of him hitting enormous home runs in the in the Midwest League All-Star game and uh it just got everyone going and then you shared in the in your game thread I guess today. Yeah. <laughs> uh some comments from uh, that Dave Cameron made in his uh, Fangraphs chat. Would you care to share them? Uh, yes, Dave, Dave Cameron was asked, uh, you know, I know you're not the lead or lead prospect guy as they would say. Uh but what's your take on Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? And he said, I think he's the best prospect in baseball, and it wouldn't surprise me uh, if he was the best hitter over the, you know, for the next 10 years or something like that. Which is fucking crazy. But okay, I'll go with that. 
Uh, hell, heck yeah, heck yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I mean, I mean, I, that, well, I, I mean, no, it's I amazing, no scout, that, but but it, it it looks real good. It looks real good when he's just blasting fucking moonshots or the in that clip that Alexis shot there with. You know, the, the last one did not go for a home run. It was just a fucking laser to center field. But, uh, yeah, no, you people aren't saying bad things about this kid. Uh, it's amazing that they consider that he would be the best prospect or the best hitter in baseball over the next 10 years when uh, his teammate is, in fact, the best hitter in baseball uh, for the next 10 years, Bo Bichette, who apparently refuses to get out. He just can't be done. I think he's his on base percentage over five hundred this year. It's uh, in, uh, yeah in in low A, but I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, still, I mean, a high school pick. We know that he was a high school pick because, as I think we talked about last week after the draft, it was uh, mm-hmm. he he chose the Blue Jays because they were the best fit. He turned down teams earlier in the draft and was like, "No, the Jays are the quote unquote best fit, so I'm going mm-hmm. here." As in, they are going to pay me the most money above slot where they take me so that's where i'm going but it, but there could be something to it too the, the i mean we don't need to get into that and i i remember from last year though that uh the, you know he's he's i think he's from he's in the tampa area i think that's where uh he, he's real close to dunedin and obviously the jays have made a, an effort to uh to be a better t- club in terms of developing their players the whole John Farrell, Alex Anthopoulos schism of uh, of several years ago about the the scouting organization versus the player development organization. They, they seem to uh, they seem to be doing that, and, and I mean that's not to credit them over Bichette, but that's maybe why a guy like him would choose, as bizarre as that is in the draft, to uh, to come here. And, and it sure as hell looks like it's paying off so far. It's always encouraging. I mean, obviously those guys are a long way from the big leagues, but. Uh that the cupboard isn't quite as bare as we say or that as we're told or as it well as it i mean it probably is as bare as it appears because because there is that gap because those guys aren't knocking on the door although you know you, you could uh, i am a scout and in my opinion <laughs> yeah you could provide Guerrero the big leagues now and he's gonna hit i don't give a shit no that's not true he's not gonna hit He's not gonna hit. <laughs> they tried that. Like it, you could put him, just give him Travis Snyder's old jersey and oh, throw him Jesus right out Christ, there. Christ, yeah. <laughs> that's but that's but, where uh, it's getting though, right? I mean, that's that's probably. I mean, Brett Laurie was was quite an exciting, exciting figure. Speaking of guys who could solve Blue Jays, Alex would have been so on top of Saunders and and, and Brett Laurie right now. Uh, but I mean, that was an exciting thing when. You know he was he was on the cusp, and I, I you know he got hurt right before it seemed like he was going to come up. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think Vlad Vlad excitement still has uh, some time left to to continue building, right? But uh, but yeah, it's it's well, Snyder esque. The Vlad the Vlad excitement is 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 like if Travis Snyder was famous as, as opposed to like a husky kid from the Pacific Northwest. He is a the son of an icon, uh, especially right. even as a Canadian. You know, an icon, baseball icon in Canada. So, it it has a it has the chance, or it has already achieved escape velocity, where the signs, <laughs> like the call up Vladdy signs, we're going to see them from now until the day that he well, that he shows up. The the call up Vladdy thing, which I've tweeted and used a couple times, is from 2012 when they meant when they meant his dad when he was in. in oh, Vegas. really? Yeah. yeah. Somebody oh, well, was like okay. somebody was shitting on those fans. Uh, like tweeted at me like I can't believe people did, and I was like, dude, sorry, it's just my little joke. Okay, well that's yeah. I consider me one of those. I'm, I'm <laughs> falling for fake news. I'm easily swayed by the by the online content. Yeah. But but, uh, but uh, the other thing is, I mean, Vlad, Vlad's excitement may would go through the roof if say they put him through four levels in a single year. But uh, that would be ridiculous. Who would possibly do a thing like that? <laughs> They have a real good track record when they do that between <laughs> between Pompey and and Snyder. Uh, it, it, you know the thing that I, I've just been thinking about now is yes, Snyder obviously was that guy, but I don't think that we were quite paying the same kind of attention. Uh, it's the Guerrero thing reminds me of like Chris Bryant, where when Chris Chris Bryant's first big league game, 
he got like a standing ovation from a sellout crowd at Wrigley Field because they <laughs> finally called Chris Bryan up to the big leagues. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously that worked out pretty well for all of those folks involved. But I can see the Vlad Guerrero thing being like that. Uh, the, you know, Vlad Guerrero comes up and he, everyone in the ballpark knows that like that's why they're there. Oh, that's yeah. who he is. And that's. I mean, and the people who don't know who he is, as soon as they announce now batting number 27, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., oh, what? Huh? And they'll all start clanging their jewelry together and it'll be a, it'll be a time. But I, 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 think by, I think by now, most people who are going to the ball, well, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. But also, they're, I'm sure they're saving him uh, or they're, they're going to use him to, to continue to fucking prolong the, uh, the Montreal thing they do every year. Because that's going to be something. If he's on the cusp of actually making the team out of out of camp one year, I don't think it's going to be next year. But uh, but it, look, fuck, it could literally, realistically, be the year after. I, I he will. better he better <laughs> he better hurry up because they're going to run out of uh, days of of the Olympic Stadium still standing <laughs> if they don't. Like, oh, we're going to we can't do the series in Montreal this year. Why did oh, the Olympic Stadium collapsed upon itself? That stupid fucking roof finally gave in, and there's snow everywhere. Um, you know what? I think that's about it. We don't have a lot of a lot else to talk about. We've talked about prospects. We've talked about the bullpen. We talked about uh, Josh Donaldson. We managed to get some Josh Donaldson talk in there. We've been good. Do you have any uh, any party shots? Anything else to send us out out on here, uh, Mister Show? No, I can't say that I do. I can't say that I do. Uh, any say if anybody's at Rockfest in Montebello, Quebec, say hi to me this weekend. That's where that's why we're doing the podcast early. It's, my annual tradition of going to see various dad rock bands or or uh, whatever the hell they have going on there. I don't know how to care. Oh no, they're dad rock bands. Because yeah. I got hyped looking at that lineup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were a lot of bands that I used to really like and some bands that I still like. Um, but it, it I, yeah, I want you to have a good time. I hope the weather hold, holds up and you guys are able to uh, to enjoy yourselves. You and your your bros weekend of a bunch of bros. Broing down to bro him by Pennywise. Oh man, yeah, tears, yeah. And tears in your eyes, beers aloft. You know we just whoa, whoa. <laughs> we just don't um, see each other that much anymore. So it's a it's a boys weekend. Yeah, I don't know. It should, it should be it should be fun. It's always fun. We're It'll be get, fun. We're gonna get quite drunk. So I in have, another in a uh, whole other province. I like that. A whole other province, like barely into the province. You probably see the one province from the you. We sure can. You sure can. Yeah. I had a um, a moment tonight watching the J game. Um, I don't know which umpire called a balk on uh, Dario Alvarez, who is left-handed pitcher uh, pitching for uh, the shit-ass Texas Rangers. And they, the obviously, they disliked the idea of their pitcher balking, so they were given the umpire the business. And they cut to a shot of the two head clowns in the dugout for the Rangers. Uh, Bannister and some other clown mm-hmm. and the whoever it was he was really yelling loudly at the umpire and I was an umpire when I was a kid and I had, I had for whatever reason I got this insane flashback uh, there was one time I was umpiring a game I was behind the plate and one team I was it was in Newmarket and one of the teams I don't know who was playing but it was this tournament it was Streetsville was the other team uh, which is not too far from where I live now and the coach on the, on the Streetsville team chirped me the entire game and it's one of my life's great regrets that I didn't like say anything to him. I just sat there and then he would yell and I would as my head was on the swivel just the entire time like looking over at him being like why is he doing that? Cuz I was like 15 <laughs> years old. I'm like why is he yelling at me? He he did not did not take kindly to my strike zone. He thought it was too low and he just was on me all game long. And now, you know, Watch having watched maybe a bit more baseball and also being a grown man, not a teenager. Uh, I, I, in my mind, I rip my mask off and tell him to shut up and, and leave it alone. Um, but in reality, I didn't do that. In reality, I was a 15 year old who meekly called balls and strikes. I didn't change my strike zone. Fuck that. I you know, I know what I know the strike zone, and then you don't. You goof sitting over there in your bucket of balls. <laughs> but I, I wish I'd put him in his place. And, it, and just watching those two old idiots from the Rangers yell at the umpire. I, it put me right back there, and it was not comfortable. I was not happy. And and that man's name was Richard Griffin. <laughs> if only he's got a reputation. He has a reputation for getting thrown out of ball games. I I I think he uh, 
I think his reputation is that he is is uh, vocal, or he he does not shy away from offering his opinion. But I, I, I honestly don't know. I would love to watch Griff, uh, if he's real animated, to watch him coach a game. I can see myself going back to umpiring at some point. Maybe when my playing career is over, um, and being the biggest like Leslie Nielsen in <laughs> Naked Gun hot dog ornery prick umpire and it would be the best i i i hope that my life path allows me to return to the field to don the shitty plastic gear of ignorance um and get behind the plate and tell some jackass coach to shut his fucking mouth because i would do it and i would do it in a heartbeat except in the in my league, of course, where the umpires, God bless Ron, Ron the home plate umpire, or the the one of the umpires, he puts up with an an, an unimaginable amount of shit from these grown <laughs> men who are playing beer like not you know, beer league baseball. Yeah, not surprising at all. He's threatened to quit a couple a couple different times, <laughs> uh, and I think it's calmed down. It's for the most part, it's calmed down. But uh, but uh, but yeah, what what fun what fun we have, what fun we have in the. Uh, in, on the baseball time. But yeah, also, go. fuck that guy from Streetsville. Fuck him <laughs> forever. Fuck everyone from Streetsville. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. I think that's not unfair to say. Uh, it's also not unfair to say this has been a tremendous, tremendous episode. Uh, thank you, Stone. Enjoy yourself this weekend. Drive safely um, to wherever the hell you're going in the mud. And uh, and enjoy Less Than Jake, as I'm sure that you will. I'm as, sure that as I as will everyone as well. Does. What, right? Um, that hot sax. But, they got a, they got a lot of sacks, a lot of dreadlocks. So it's a, a match made in heaven. You can't really get anything, do anything better than those two things put together <laughs> in the same place at the same time. <laughs> is really that's this is what I'm signed up for. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You didn't mention You're the gonna, dreads earlier. It's the saxophone player has the dreadlocks. He also writes a lot of the songs okay. uh, and and provides some some cool backup vocals. Um, for punk rock Andrew, Mr. Stoughton, uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. Uh, thank you for listening to Birds All Day. We'll talk to you next week uh, when the Blue Jays will presumably be over 500. See you later.